Welcome to Sorry Not Sorry, where we unapologetically talk about Christianity and culture from a Pentecostal perspective. Welcome to another episode of Sorry Not Sorry, where we unapologetically talk about Christianity and culture from a Pentecostal perspective. Dom, it's good to see you, buddy. Dr. Allen, it's always a pleasure. Good seeing you, boss. Yeah, so hey, uh, I just want to say I, I know you're, you've had some uh, some medical scares with your, your newborn son recently. Um, been praying for you and, you. and sounds like things are, are turning out. Okay. Praise the Lord. Yeah, no, we, uh, you know, it's, it's a, it's a difficult time. Uh, I think for mm-hmm. just everyone, I guess, in, mm-hmm. on the globe. Uh, and yeah. anytime there's anything medical, there's always a lot of scares, but praise the Lord. We were able to go into the have a cardiologist appointment and everything's going to look good and six month checkups in our three and a half year old, same thing. Just, she wasn't feeling well. And you, of course, Mm -hmm. the anxiety that comes from that. And so Mm -hmm. we've just been so careful to just, you know, kind of try to adhere to all the different things and guidelines. And then your kid gets sick and you just go, you got to be kidding me, you know? And so when you get, Mm -hmm. when you get the confirmation that everybody's okay, it's just a blessing, but yeah, no, Lord is good, but thank you for your prayers, Dr. Ireland. It has been a tough few weeks to say the least so yeah we'll i'm, I'm sure and I, i'm glad to glad to see that things are turning around and yeah. and that your little one's okay so thank you thank um, you yeah. I, I know that can be a scary thing so absolutely um so anyway today uh for this episode let me just kind of um uh introduce where we're going to go with this and what we're going to do today um it, first of all we, this is going to be our final episode for this season um, uh, and then we're going to take a, a short hiatus, uh, just to kind of have a, for us to have a, a, a mental break from this and, and pray about what's next and begin to plan for the next, next ep- next season's episodes. Um, and so we thought this episode would be a, a good opportunity for us to kind of look back and look ahead, uh, to look back at, at, uh, what we've talked about over the last year, um, even reflect on some of the comments we've received from, from some of the listeners, some of, of which have been really, really constructive and, and very much appreciated. And uh, along those lines, I just want to say we, we, you know, please, if you're listening to this and, and you enjoy it, not only share it, uh, leave us a review, but, but also in the comments section of whatever platform you like to listen on, uh, let us know what we could do better. Uh, you know, we, we want to always be, be um, improving uh, what we do here. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's been, it's been amazing. Some people, some people have actually been listening. This is, you it's know, wild, it, you it's know? true. I, I don't quite know what the numbers are. We'll have to check with Tim on that. Exactly. And, uh, but anybody. But, but anybody. Somebody, I mean, some, I mean, somebody is listening. The, the, the uh, thing that's wild is like, you know, back in August, a year, it'll be a year ago in a few weeks, you know, I, I, I meet Dr. Jerry Ireland and I don't know who you are. You know, I have, I have, you know, I have, right, how, right. how impressive you, I had no idea, you know, and so I'm like, oh, this guy's great. You know, and he loves the Lord. He's solid. He likes the grateful dead. You know, let's, let's, let's talk. And then all of a sudden we kind of start this thing. And it was kind of it was kind of cool to see the response. It was it was fun to see that some people engaged with it and connected with yeah. it and asked questions. And I was like, so thank you, Doctor. Let me just say that thank you for spearheading no, this and, and you and, and Tim because it, it's been cool. Man. It's been wild. It, it has been a lot of fun, and it's been a lot of fun because you and I are good friends uh, outside of this podcast. And 
And you, Dom, you're probably one of the most theologically astute people I know. Um, that's, and that's that coming from you that means a lot. I appreciate that. Wow. That's not an exaggeration. Uh, you're you're just very well read and 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 you're just a great guy. I mean, you're just a lot of fun to talk to. Um, I, I love I love the way that you uh, challenge some of our assumptions about what we do. The Lord's in the been convicted me. The Lord's been convicted me on that one. You know, we'll talk about that. But no, I no, no, that, no. no. Don't. I, I hope that <laughs> never like, changes oh. because uh, the the church needs those people and. And, with the and right I, motivation, I think, right? That's with, absolutely with, with, with a right humble motivation. heart. That's know? right. So yeah. So, but you know, when you mentioned the, our, that we, one of the things that we early on connected on was that we both have a, a love uh, for the Grateful Dead. Uh, uh, I, Jerry, I used to follow Bob, the guys. Oh, I used to it. follow the Grateful Dead before I was saved. Uh, that's I, so I, cool. And I came to them when I was saved. So it shows the disconnect. (laughs) That's right. You know what I mean? You had an arc and I just like, just complete decline. So. Yeah. We, in fact, we almost called this podcast, the Jerry and Garcia show. Which which would have been amazing. Which which I'm still not convinced uh, wouldn't have been Uh, a good idea. The the (laughs) funny, the funny thing is like, I don't know how many people would get it. Right, like that would have been that's the, right. like that's who's right. Jerry Garcia? It's like who's Jerry Garcia? But uh, that's right. No, that, but, was, that and the, was. And the reason we didn't call it that though was because we knew that oh, if yeah. we did, somebody was going to have a conniption fit over. Oh, of course. Oh, Pentecostals. We knew they weren't you know, saved. You can't no, listen not, to oh, secular I mean, music and or especially a, a jam not, band. A fifteen-minute right. song. That's heretical. You can't do that. Like, what is this nonsense? Insane. You know. Um, so, it was so fun. That was it. I mean, before it, even soteriology, I think we were talking, you know what I mean? Like Jerry. I mean, it's so funny. Like it was just, you know, but then yeah. we, we, the Lord brought us back and, and I'm grateful for this season. So anyway, just, yeah. but everybody yeah. listen. Thank you, Derek. It's been awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah thank you to all of our listeners. Thank you guys. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing uh, this with other people and helping us get the word out. Please continue to do so. Um, and so let's, let's kind of dive in. What, yeah. what, what do what do we want to talk about? What's, um, well, I mean, what, the, the, what do we do right in this first season? Well, you know, one of the things that I was, one of the things I've enjoyed, you know, in the conversations I've had mostly with family, which has been fun, but, you know, trying to define Pentecostalism as a missional movement has mm-hmm. been really exciting. Uh, are there excesses? Of course. I think there are excesses mm-hmm. in, in almost all movements. Mm-hmm. But to say that the heart of what this, this movement is, part, part of the larger Christendom, right? Like, is that we are a, a missional people and that is who we yeah. are. That is who we've always been. And that is who we need to be as we move forward. Does That's it right. mean that we believe God is experiential? Absolutely. Are we word-based? Are we communal? Do we believe in outreach? Of course. But the idea that we see um, the Missio Dei or however you want to, you probably will pronounce it better mm-hmm. than I will, but you know, that, that, that is, that is a, mm-hmm. an essential part of who we are. And uh, that was huge for me. The X18 thing. Yeah. And it, you know, this whole, uh, actually this is a, this, the whole Missio Day history is an idea I've, I've really been diving into a lot uh, in my own research because it's part of a, a book I'm working on on Pentecostal missiology. Cool. Um, and, and the history of that term itself of Missio Day uh, is just, for me as a, as a historical theologian, it's really fascinating um, because one of the, the aspects of that that we didn't really get to talk about a lot was that in the ecumenical movement, the World Council of Churches, uh, in, in sort of the, the 50s and 60s, this term really was articulated 
uh, to refer to everything that God was doing in the world. Um, and, and in that, there was a denial of, of the church's explicitly cross-cultural mandate. Uh, at first, it wasn't an overt denial. It, it was more of a, well, that's one thing of many that the church does. And, and kind of the thinking behind that was that the church, uh, because God is, is sovereign and God is active in many ways in the world, uh, we, we would limit the sovereignty of God to say that missions is limited to, to just cross-cultural evangelism and church planning. Mm. Um, but the result of that has, has been a move away from um, uh, understanding missions as, as concern for the nations. And I, and I think Pentecostalism in the 20th century really helped um, toe that, that line and, and to help maintain that emphasis uh, on, on sort of a classic understanding of, of what missions is. And, and when I think about that in terms of what's going on in our world, uh, I, I think that's uh, in just like a lot of the racial tensions and so on. I, I think it's such an important concept for the church to recapture uh, this idea that our identity is tied to our concern for the nations. Because if you're concerned for the nations, if, if you believe that Jesus is just as much for people who don't look like you, who don't vote like you, who don't think like you or dress like you, uh, then, then there's absolutely no room in that for even a hint of racism. Uh, and, and so I, I think the, the notion of rediscovering that, that missional um, aspect of discipleship uh, I, I think is a tremendous need in the church. Um, oh, it's I, huge. I, yeah. No, I mean, when we had Dr. Alexander on, uh, right. that, that was one of my favorite things. Maybe, maybe, honestly, my favorite episode. It was, it was the best. And especially considering the moment and just her being like, honestly, I wish reality. we we could interview her for six, every oh. episode for six months. <laughs> and absolutely. And I recommend uh, yeah. she spoke at Fuller. That video is on YouTube. I highly recommend checking it out. Like there's so many, I mean, she's absolutely, just, yeah. I mean, incredible. Um, her heart for people, her heart for the Lord. I mean, just, mm -hmm. just, and her, and her grace, her patience. Like there was just, you could feel there, there was a real desire for racial reconciliation. Yeah. It's more just buzzwords. She truly wanted to connect on these things, but yeah. I, I completely agree. The, the thing that is interesting, the thing that always connected me early on, even when I had my issues with some of the theological implications of Pentecostalism, even the larger theological implications of Christianity, I thought, man, I liked Azusa because of it was integrated. I yeah. liked the elevation yeah. of women in ministry. I like there was there was something happening there mm -hmm. at that time that was radical. And mm -hmm. I'm not saying there isn't uh, there isn't discon not disconnect. I'm not saying that there weren't issues. Clearly, pa pa Parham or Parham and Seymour, there were some issues. But that's one of the things that I've loved about this tradition. Uh, you know, as growing up mm -hmm. in it, and even the church I grew up in incredibly diverse. So um, mm -hmm. as time went on, obviously got more diverse and we just continued to see the body of Christ in that way. So I agree. I think Pentecostalism is a global movement. And mm -hmm. I think it understands that it is missional, that God mm -hmm. is experiential and that God is for all people, right? It's that Joel yeah. proclamation. Yeah. Right? And, and I, that is right. for today, right? That's right. And I, I, you know, I think the famous line that came out of Azusa Street, um, and I think this was in, in Frank Bartleman's book on Azusa Street, but, you know, his line was, you know, the, the color line was washed away by the blood, you know. And, That's great. Yeah. Oh, and, oh, oh, man, I, I tell you. And, 
Um, but I, you know, sometimes I honestly, I, as, as we were having those conversations and then some of the, the things I've seen, uh, posted by Pentecostal believers on social media, um, I, I, just, I, I can't escape thinking and, and feeling like the church has an awful long way to go on this issue. And, and I, I, I think, a big part of it is is that even Pentecostals haven't really appreciated um, the genius of of Pentecostal doctrine and theology, and 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 I, I think a big part of that is is an experience of the Holy Spirit. It, you know, when you look look at what happened at Azusa Street, there wasn't racial harmony because somebody got up and told everybody that that's what should happen. There was racial harmony because people from all different classes and societies and parts of culture were equally hungry for the presence of God, and they came together and sought sought Christ's presence, and they sought um, a, a deeper intimacy with the Lord, uh, and and they they didn't care who else was there, <laughs> you know. When um, the Spirit moves. It's it is it is it's going to transform people. It's transformative. The, that's right. The the thing that I, as I've gotten older, have appreciated more and even being transparent, one of the things that I've felt somewhat, uh, I felt some concern as we moved forward because this is a very theologically heavy podcast mm -hmm. in some areas, mm -hmm. the way in which we mm -hmm. define terms, the themes. And it's like, at the end of the day, if people aren't growing in their walk, this is a waste of time, right? Exactly. And, and, yeah. and, 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 yeah. and, and at the end of the day, if, if people aren't seeking the spirit, if, I pray mm -hmm. that during this podcast, the Holy Spirit could move upon someone. Like, I yeah, really believe yeah, that. Yeah. And that's the thing that was so cool about Pentecostals. I had so many wonderful friends and wonderful traditions who were brilliant theologically, and they just kind of missed that. It was like they understood the importance of Scripture, absolutely, and church and communion and service outreach. God is a God of communication. He's communicative, right? God communicates. Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, but you can experience him. And they got like kind of weirded out by that. Like, what do you mean you can experience him? Like, yeah, I read, <laughs> I read Scripture. It's like, no, 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 like the Holy Spirit's going to move and like going to change your life. Like, you're going to feel the mm -hmm, presence mm -hmm. of the Holy Spirit. It's going to change you. And it's going to change your outlook. It's going to be something mm -hmm. supra-rational. It's going to be beyond your understanding. That, mm -hmm. That's something the Pentecostal reminded people. It's not, we don't have uh, a monopoly on that idea, but that's I do right. think within mm -hmm. the last hundred years, we were at the forefront, especially with the evangelical fundamentalists, the importance of that movement to fight some of the liberal theology at the end of the 19th mm -hmm. century. Pentecostal came and said, yeah, we need good theology, but we also need experience. Yeah, and absolutely. That That's right. That's right. And the, even what well, what's interesting in kind of our history is even you know if you go all the way back to you know the early years of Methodism, you know Wesley himself was very uneasy oh, yeah. with with what they called enthusiasm. You know, even though he thought uh, of it, there was a second crisis experience. Even though he right. had this kind of thing, it was that's you know, right. Anyway. But but if it if it smacked of enthusiasm. It had to be shut down, you know, mm -hmm. uh, and and I I, I think um, if I if we look at a lot of our Pentecostal churches today, um, I I think we're in danger of drifting in that same direction, you know. I I think and and I'm not saying you know we need to go back to you know the flag flag wavers and banner wavers no. and tambourine Access players and no. no 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 I'm not talking about all that and barking like dogs and. Jericho marches around the building and all. We'll do That's that in season two. We'll be nice, <laughs> but we'll get into some of that. We'll do more of a historical exploration. We won't be mean, but we'll just say this happened. And this That's right. And I'm not, I'm not no. talking about pushing people down. No, but what I am talking about is, 
is that um, the Holy Spirit is is a living being. He he's the manifest presence of God, and he manifests himself in power. Um, that's that's the message of the Book of Acts, and and that when the Spirit comes, as he did in the upper room, uh, something happens. And, and if we're not making room for that experiential aspect of encountering the Holy Spirit, um, you know, we're missing out on something because it's, it's that dynamic encounter um, that, that leads to the kind of brokenness um, in which we, we finally overcome our addictions to nationalism and our, our materialistic attachments and our hyper individualism and all of these other problems that are plaguing the western church um it those are going to be overcome i think when people encounter god in person when when people um when the holy spirit is poured out and 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 people people's hearts are broken and they they really want to change what one of the beautiful things about uh, christianity and and even within you know, Anglican all the way to your Pentecostal, mm -hmm. right? Not that we're the, the most liberal, but I'm just saying your most institutionalized Protestant, mm -hmm. maybe to, to some of the more kind of, I would say that we all discuss conversion, right? The, the, the mm -hmm. concept of conversion, that changing, that new birth. The thing I love about Pentecostalism, that spirit baptism, we're, we're going to keep mm -hmm. getting filled, right? It's not yeah. this one-time experience and you're done. It's this constantly being broken. The spirit of God is moving in your life and is changing mm -hmm. you, right? And that's mm -hmm. the thing people need to seek, because it's that's like, right. oh, I wish, I remember when I got saved, man, I was on fire. And it's like, you can keep doing that. Like, that's, that was, that's not a one-off right. thing. I mean, right. only saved yeah. once in a sense. But this, yeah. and that's the thing that's so beautiful about a life in the spirit is that continual fire, right? That's built up. Mm -hmm. So I'm calling it a strange fire. I would disagree. But we're being built up by that. And it moves us, I think, in an interesting way. And the word power freaks people out. But I do believe it's in power. And yeah. the disconnect sometimes, though, is when I, like, 1 Corinthians, right? Uh, 1 Corinthians 2, um, Paul pretty much says, said it in nothing but Christ and crucified. I didn't come in eloquent speech, but the demonstration of the power of the Spirit, so that you wouldn't pretty much rest mm -hmm. in the wisdom of a man, but the power, right? Like, I think that's for today, right? Yeah, that's, that's still for today. And I think some people are like, well, we need feel good theology, and I agree. But, I, but at the end of the day, it's really the Spirit of God that's going to change people. Mm -hmm. And again, I'm not saying other traditions don't do this. I'm just grateful that our tradition, I think, makes it an emphasis. Um, and, you know, that's why we're more Trinitarian than everybody. Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> that's right. Just kidding. Just oh, kidding. Anyway. yeah. We'll, we'll get some comments for that one for sure. Of course. We've got to get a couple. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But no, I, I think you're right. And, and I think, you know, the idea of God's manifest presence uh, being a significant part of what it means to be the people of God. I, I mean, it goes all the way back to Israel. I mean, it, you know, God's presence with his people was a, a dominant theme of Israel's sojourn in the desert. <laughs> um, it, it was that concept behind the temples, you know, and, and it's, it's the very essence of, of the New Testament temple, of, of us as, as the temple of the Holy Spirit. And, and it's, yeah, I, I just think we need to re rediscover a theologically rich appreciation for divine encounter. Oh, I mean, my wife and I, we were going back through uh, practice, I think it's practicing the presence, Brother Lawrence, 
right? You know, yeah. just great yeah. little, great little text. You know, the guy's like yeah. a dishwasher and he's like crushing everybody's spirits. He's like a spiritual giant. Yeah, right, in this, right. like, you know what I mean? He's like a, like in this monastery, he's nobody, but in the kingdom, he's like unreal, right? Uh, yeah. Andrew Murray's, you know, text on presence, you know, uh, mm-hmm. A.W. Tozer. There's so many that discuss it. It's not, we're not the only ones uh, that are exploring Absolutely. it. But I do yeah. love that we have a space we used to. Ooh, this is going to get interesting. We used to have a space in church where we'd allow for the presence of God to move. Um, and, uh, you know, now we, we're a little more structured, obviously, because we got to get our seven services, you know, done. Um, but right. it, 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 one of the things that's I was listening, watching something the other day when they're talking about Quaker services, right? That coming in and sitting and waiting. I know that I have some friends that are brethren and they do the same. And I'm like, I kind of mm-hmm. loved it. I don't agree with a lot of the theology, but the idea of like coming into a space and just sitting and waiting on the Lord. Mm-hmm. And then if someone's moved by the spirit, they get up and like open scripture and someone gets up mm-hmm. and sings. And it was just like, it's like, that sounds more Pentecostal than Pentecostals. <laughs> like this yeah. is wild. Yeah. Like what did we go if corporate expression was moved solely by the, pre- the presence? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's true. And I mean, it, it's, you know, if you look at the expansion of the church in the book of Acts, it's, it's when the spirit moves, the church moves. There you, <laughs> you go. Know? The, the spirit's poured out. People, make shirts. That's it, man. I'm with you. Yeah, there you go. Seriously. I mean, you know, make the spirit great again or something. <laughs> <you know? laughs> so, oh, no. <laughs> I, don't even, I try not to even think about all of that. I just, oh, Lord. Lord yeah. Anyway, sorry, sorry. Continue. Yeah. Sorry. I'll be <laughs> so, nice. Mm. Yeah. It, um, so, yeah. And so, I, you know, we talked about that in, in when we talked about, you know, this, the whole um, Acts 2, Acts 4, where, you know, 120 are filled with the Holy Spirit in Acts 2. And then again in Acts 4, the same people are filled again with the Holy Spirit. And and uh, that's, that's not something I, I think you hear taught on much these days. Um, and yet I think it was an essential part of early Pentecostalism, this mm. idea of tarrying before the Lord or, yeah. or, you know, these, um, yeah, like you said, Sunday night services where people would just come and pray and, and get down on their faces and, and cry out to God. And, and oh. there's, there, yeah, no, go ahead. I mean, Literally, I, 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 growing up, one of my first memories is literally sleeping under the pews as my parents are praying at the altar for hours, right? I mean, this is, and it wasn't mass hysteria. There wasn't like, you know, the organist is up there and just cranking it out and just whipping everybody up. That did happen sometimes, rarely, but that did. But really, the idea of just people praying, and I'm not saying that there aren't wonderful prayerful churches, people that are uh, get, giving, and, and what is altar, right? What is the altar anymore, right? Like, there's this a disconnect sometimes you got to do altar ministry. No, no, like, I can make the altar in my room right now and seek the Lord. But just the idea of the presence being an emphasis, I think, is really, really important. And that's one of the things that I'm grateful about our tradition, maybe tr- historically. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about the problem of evil episode. Um, what, what, are your, what were your thoughts on that one? I enjoyed it. I mean, I'll be very honest with you. I'm still not satisfied. I don't think there's any answer for it. I don't understand. God is sovereign. Lord, I submit to your, to your sovereignty and your will. But I don't like, I don't like evil. I don't like pain. Mm-hmm. I don't like suffering. I understand we have free will and that is a part of it um and i and i did feel like um i did feel like dr marino was a was a wonderful addition uh, i enjoyed obviously so much of what yeah, you brought to the agree. table I, I think i think what's exciting is creating a space there are going to be things in which we make declarative statements right like this is what we think of tongues this is what we think of baptism of the holy spirit 
Um, this is how we define Pentecostalism. And it's also okay for the podcast to say, these are spaces that we don't have answers for, but I think as Christians, we need to acknowledge and discuss. And that's what yeah. I kind of felt that was. That's right. And, I, and maybe the thing we never really got to sufficiently in that discussion was, what does Pentecostalism especially contribute to, to an understanding of the problem sure. of evil? Right. And, and that, that was probably a, a major oversight, given that this is a Pentecostal theology uh, podcast. Sure. Um, but, but you're right. It, it is such a huge topic. Um, uh, you know, and, and honestly, I mean, the, there are dozens and dozens and dozens of books written on the problem of theodicy. And, and so, um, but, but I do think that, yeah, I thought Bruce was, uh, Dr. Marino was a great, guest um really helped us i think 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 through some things um and and i i think for you know kind of no matter where you're at on the whole calvinist arminian spectrum whether you think that god is the cause of all suffering and and pain and problems or if you think god simply allows those things i, I think the the to me, the important and the comforting thing is that God is always at work in those things. I mean, that's, I mean, that's a, a central theme in Scripture. I mean, it's the heart of the gospel is the purposes of God being accomplished in the midst of suffering. You know, I mean, that's, that's the, the death and resurrection of Jesus. Um, and, it's hard, and I, though. It it's is so hard. hard I'm, I've been struggling I'll be honest with you, this, talk about the, what is it, the wheat and the chaff and the beating them apart, right? I mean, yeah. this whole pandemic and everything happening in the world and seeing people, videos of people's lives being taken. I mean, just all this personal, just family. I mean, I'll be honest with you. You've got to, it's not just enough to believe in Jesus. You've got to rest in him. Absolutely. That is something That's I've a, been convicted yeah. of in my own life. Because mm -hmm. I could sit here and we could have all the theolo theological discussions in the world. But when it comes mm -hmm. to the problem of evil, are you resting in his will for your life? That's right. And, and I think that that kind of comes back to this idea that, that we can't just know Christ doctrinally. We, you know, faith can't just be about having all of our doctrines lined up perfectly. Although I, as a theologian, I'm, I'm, you know, a pretty big believer in, in, having our doctrines right right of course uh, right no it's important you know, we're not saying it's not but but it, if that's all there is um you know so when cold. crises come and when problems and troubles and difficulty come it, it's going to be hard to doctrines aren't going to um carry you through what's going to carry you through is an intimate relationship with jesus uh and and the pentecostal um, understanding of that is that is that that relationship is is real and tangible that that when we wait and seek the Lord and when when we cry out to God that that there is a real experiential presence of the spirit that comes and when you experience that um, then you you suddenly lose your 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 desire for answers or explanations or or um, you know, reasoning, because you, you know that you know that God is in control. Um, and, Resting, and that's hard, though. I mean, and, but here's the thing, what I, I, everything you said, I, I couldn't agree more with. And what's interesting, what's been cool is Pentecostals talk about it, but I've seen so many believers not in our tradition living it out. 
So it's not, again, that we have a monopoly of that reality. Absolutely. I think we're just, I just think we just make an emphasis of it and articulate it in a certain way. Yeah. And there are wonderful believers and other that just have the peace that passes all understanding. You're just like, man, you're just right with Jesus. Like you're going through that and you're yeah. just, you're, you're, you're yeah. sitting up right now. Like you're not just laid yeah. up, like with everything you're going through, there, there's something yeah. other happening. And that's, a, and that's a Holy Spirit moving in your life. Yeah. And I, I just, that's been, I think for me, the problem of evil is incredibly overwhelming, the, the philosophical, theological implications of it. But to me, one of the reasons it's important for us to articulate it in this kind of space is to remind people that it is an issue. It is real. We don't have answers. And so you need to push even further in your walk with the Lord because there is not a clear cut answer for that. Yeah. And, and I, I'm comfortable with saying, you know, hey, we we're not going to solve this issue in right. one episode or 10 episodes. Right. Um, but um, it, it would be, <laughs> that's right. Good. But, but Good. also I, I think I would add that I, I think, you know, in the West, we're pretty accustomed to, you know, shutting off and, and protecting ourselves from pain and suffering. We, we're mm. pretty good at that. Uh, whereas, you know, if you compare, the Western church to say that, you know, the church in Northern Nigeria that's heavily persecuted, um, you know, I think they have a very different perspective on the problem of evil um, and, and their perspective. And I, I just edited a book uh, on, and that has a, a chapter on persecution and suffering in Northern Nigeria. And, and the author wrote about um, the way that the church there has dealt with it through song and worship, through local indigenously created songs that remind them of the glory and the beauty of heaven. Uh, and, and, and so, you know, I, I think we, in our materialism and in our individualism and in our abundance, we've become pretty attached to the things of this world, whether we admit it or not. And, and I think in some ways that, that adds to uh, the pain and the discomfort we feel when we suffer um, because, uh, because we, we, are, we, we don't, uh, when I think of Africans and when I watch Africans worship, uh, what I see is people who have one foot firmly in this world and one foot firmly in the next. Um, you know, they, they're, they, they live comfortably in between both worlds. They, they, they don't ignore the, the reality of the present world. They, they're not trying to escape the present world. Um, and, and they're not, you know, they don't look at salvation as, as just this, uh, you know, being pulled out of this evil, broken world. But, but they see their faith as, as flowing from the hope that they have in heaven to, to help them transform what they're going through in the present. Uh, and, and, and I think, um, I, I think that's one of the many lessons the African church can, can teach us. That's incredible. So absolutely. I mean, I, some time ago, I had the opportunity to, to go to Africa. We were in Kenya and had a, an opportunity to, to, to worship, uh, at a church there and just, you know, seeing the joy, seeing, seeing the willingness to express themselves in worship. Uh, I mean, obviously growing up in a Pentecostal tradition, I saw that I don't see that so much anymore. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And Again, so so many of the people. I mean, pastor and the missionaries there were kind of explaining like many of these people have to walk here, right? I mean, I, I'm, I, you know, shame on me. It's like, man, am I going to watch the live stream of church on Sunday? It's like, of course I'm going to, but it's like, how simple is it to like get my phone out? These people are walking 
miles to get to church. I'm just saying, I'm just saying there's so much we can learn. I think like you're saying cross-culturally, there's, there's, there's so much mm-hmm. that the church continue to learn from and grow from. And uh, I'm just, I'm kind mm-hmm. of, I think, I think that's hopefully, that's one of the things we talked about early on about missions. Like it's, that's we right. are called to go, but often God is going to actually teach us something as well. In Absolutely. That yeah. So. Yep. That's right. Well said. All right. What's, uh, what's another topic we covered? Uh, we, oh, we also, so baptism in the Holy Spirit and tongues. Yes. You wanna, yes. What do you want to say about that, <laughs> Dr. Ireland? I mean, I thought we were pretty, uh, but yeah, go, I mean, go ahead. I mean, I felt like baptism in the Holy Spirit was solid. Like I felt like we were able to, you know, pretty much articulate mm-hmm. what a classical Pentecostal view is, uh, the different, mm-hmm. you know, form, you know, the four major Pentecostal mm-hmm. traditions, how they differ slightly um, on, you know, save, sanctify, fill the Holy Ghost, you know, finished work, all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. Um, I, I, I also just appreciated you giving me the space to kind of say, you know, I'm still asking questions, right? I consider myself a Pentecostal. My friends mm-hmm. who aren't Pentecostal don't consider me a Pentecostal. Many Pentecostals don't consider me a Pentecostal. So it's a fun place to be <laughs> yeah. in. Um, yeah. But but I still consider myself a Pentecostal, and I still feel like Martin Lloyd-Jones, Piper, Tozer are the guys, when I'm thinking of spirit baptism, that I feel comfortable in that space, and I think I can still be Pentecostal and, 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 and be grateful for the yeah. experiential element, but I, yeah. I may not exactly saved and then get the baptism and then initial physical evidence right yeah and you know right there that's right and and right after we had those conversations uh i don't know if you saw it but there was a video uh going around on facebook of nt Wright talking about speaking in tongues did you see that oh my goodness we'll have to put that link in the in the show notes um uh, i I like nt Wright. i I, this new perspective on paul you know I, i like saunders and stuff but right yeah yeah wow I mean, it's a pretty good get for the tongue stalkers. No, I mean, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But, <laughs> that's, but that's, it was, can you imagine the Bishop yeah. of Durham says he spoke and speaks in tongues? It's pretty, I mean, it's a pretty profound thing. I mean, I, I was pretty surprised to, to, to learn that. Um, I think it's wonderful because. That's um, great. Yeah. I mean, it, it obviously shows that, you know, he's one of the chosen few. Uh, well, exactly. He's one of the elect. Even though he has a special love for reformed <laughs> theology. Let's just say that's, that's the <laughs> irony there. Yeah. I remember once watching R.C. Sproul on one of the wonderful John MacArthur panels. You know what I mean? They're all sitting there in yeah, their yeah, suits yeah. and yeah. their chairs and stuff. And I love those guys. Just I learned so much from them. But Sproul, they asked him, like, do you think you think N.T. Wright's a heretic, and he says if there ever was one, he's one or something. It was like, wow. Oh my goodness! Like, oh no. And I love R.C. Sproul. So anyway, yeah, yeah, just, yeah. There's, there's, there's no love lost between you know. Yeah. But oh, yeah. that was pretty interesting. Like, let me ask yeah. that. I mean, how do we reconcile that? I mean, that's is that is that is that the whole charismatic renewal kind of still finding its way into mainline churches? I mean, that's kind of interesting. I, I mean, I yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I think there is a greater appreciation for. The gifts of the spirit, and and I think, I, I think cessationism is is a dying movement. I, I think it's theologically it's untenable, uh, and I and I think that there's a. And I just saw an article today about uh, how millennials are more open to Pentecostal distinctives and Pentecostal forms of worship uh, than their parents were, uh, and and I, and I think I, I I would assume, and I don't know this, but I, I would guess that that you could probably attribute that to um, just a longing for, for authenticity and a longing for a genuine encounter with God, not, not just, uh, you know, uh, God on the page, but, but 
God manifest and present and real and tangible. And, and, and I think, I, I think um, Pentecostalism has, has helped spark that, if nothing else. Oh, yeah. Well, even like uh, it's, it's been interesting listening to Francis Chan over the last yeah. years. You know, yeah. he's, he, he has definitely, I, I love Chan. A lot of us do. But what a journey. What an interesting arc in his faith, mm -hmm. right? I just like, sorry, I keep talking about arcs. I'm prepping for classes. So I, I've got my yeah, writing yeah, for yeah. the media class. I'm thinking, you know, yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. narrative. But, but it's just been interesting in the sense of like, you know, he, I think he went to MacArthur's King's College and he was talking about the Eucharist and, and transubstantiation. Like, okay, a little interesting. But then he's like hanging out with these charismatic guys. Anyway, I'm just saying that even people that I think 15 years to 20 years ago would have been really concerned with this kind of hyper experiential mass hysteria thing this phenomenal the phenomenon that they don't really like i think like you're saying they're seeing the fruit of the mm -hmm. spirit you know they're seeing the fruit that's coming mm -hmm. from it these people do know the lord they do know scripture and one of the things that i love that chan was talking about was he was saying he was on a board with jack hayford and jack mm -hmm. hayford's incredible four square pastor and uh was saying you know he, hayford started talking about scripture and chan was like blown away like you read the Bible, you're Pentecostal, right? And, and, it, and it, it was hysterical, but like Chan kind of acknowledges like how much he could learn and glean from Jack mm -hmm. Hayford. And, and, I, and I agree. I think that, that, that things like having N.T. Wright speak in tongues shouldn't be shocking, right? Yeah. It shouldn't be yeah. earth shattering. And I yep. think as you're saying, as time goes on, as, as the millennials get older and they're more in positions of leadership, you will see more and more people living that out, I think, in a biblical way, not the mass hysteria, not all the other mm -hmm. issues that we saw, um, especially in the quote unquote revivals of the 80s, 90s, and all this stuff. But um, it's mm -hmm. cool, man. That was what yeah, I, yeah, 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 that was like, stuff. wow. Interesting, absolutely, interesting. absolutely. So let me, before, I mean, I, I don't, we don't have a lot of time. We wanted to keep, keep this, you know, we always want to keep mm -hmm. it short. It never is, which is fun. But um, tongues. Right, like, let me just ask this, like for our, I think we've done this before, you know, like you speak in tongues, I don't speak in tongues. I'm gonna put you on the spot, Dr. Arlen. Can I be Pentecostal and not speak in tongues? <laughs> yes, you are gonna put me on the spot. <laughs> um, I, so yeah, that's a, that's a tough one. Um, that's a tough one, right? Sorry, Tim can edit this one out. But I'm just curious, I was just like, that's one thing we didn't get I, into I would, the tongues okay. episode. Yeah, I'm going to say, yes, you can, because, um, you know, I mean, I, I think I think if you look at, at Scripture, and if, if you look at, e even historically at the church, I think, you know, everybody sort of comes into to faith at a different point, and everybody's journey is different. Uh, and, and so... Absolutely. You know, I, I don't think tongues should be the defining um, element to determine whether or not somebody is, is Pentecostal. Um, I, I, to me, and that, that's, that raises a whole great question of how do you define Pentecostalism? And that'll be fun uh, for season two, right? Like, let's, of, you know, of which among scholars, there's very little agreement. Right. right. Uh, you know, um, uh, but... I, you know, and I think I said this when we talked about missions, but but to me, Pentecostalism is is somebody who's who's open to the the, the dynamic manifestations to signs and wonders, to the, to the dynamic encounter with the Holy Spirit, and and to to seeing the Holy Spirit work in them uh, to accomplish all that God has called them to do as part of the body of Christ, as part of the local body of Christ and as part of the global body of Christ. Um, Amen. And, and so, Amen. so yeah, I, I mean, I think, I think from, 
from my personal perspective, speaking in tongues is a, a tremendously important part of my own spiritual life. It's, it's something I'm extremely thankful for. Uh, it's a, it's a, an aspect of, of my spirituality that I cherish and that um, uh, it, it enables me to pray to God when I can't find the words or when I, um, when I feel like words uh, are inadequate for, for what's going on in my spirit or in my soul. And, and so, um, but, but I, w I would never say that somebody who hasn't yet spoken in tongues is not Pentecostal. That was good. Um, that was a very Pentecostal response. Hasn't yet, right? Still open. <laughs> you still got to be open, right? I mean, you still got to be seeking. I, absolutely. You know, no, that's I mean, fair. I, I received that. Yeah. I think that's, I think it's a good point. And I want to be open. I think it's so important to be open, right? I, there's no question. I just, it's always an interesting line. And I don't want to get into the kind of somewhat politicized element of yeah, you're yeah. in or you're out based on that. But I just meant yeah. kind of for, 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 for the laity, for the larger body, maybe not for institutions, fellowships, denominations. Yeah. That's a different conversation. And, and I mean, the bottom people. line, the bottom line is that tongues is a gift. And if it's a gift, the, the reception of it is dependent not on you, but on the giver. Right. Um, and, and so whatever that else that means, um, we, we at least have to understand that the that uh, the onus really is is on the sovereignty of God uh, to to you know give the gift of tongues to to whom He wants when He wants um, and and if if a person is seeking to speak in tongues and hasn't yet uh, my my advice would be keep on seeking and don't give up because. Uh, you know, it's, and, and, I, and many other gifts too, right? Like saying, Lord, like absolutely. In, in, a, in a moment that was saying, able to say something prophetic. Now it may not be, you're going to be driving down the road and you're going to take a left and this, that, that, no, but just the, the, the Lord just prompts you and you speak into someone's life. And it's like, person's like, you don't understand this. Da, 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 da. It's like, well, that was, that was the Lord. I mean, that's not me. But in that moment, I was able to be used in that way. Yeah. I, you know, yeah. I hope that we're always as believers, no matter our tradition, able, able to, uh, to do that and be open to the spirit of God. But that was one of the things I, I so appreciated the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit episode. Obviously we could do a whole podcast just on tongues. We, we kind of yeah. stuck to like, let's, let's be a little more concise, but, uh, no, I just, it's the end of season one. You got to leave them with it to be continued. Doc. That's right. You That's know, right. Oh no. Where are they going to go with truth. this? Yeah. Yeah, it's true. So, yeah. So speaking of that, you know, uh, we're, we're kind of wrapping up, uh, coming to the end of this episode. So what's your, what's your final thought on season one? You know, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful, obviously, to the Lord for the opportunity to, to participate in this. Anytime, you know, believers can sit down and have these discussions, uh, I, I think is amazing. It's, it's an answer to prayer, because again, I, I appreciate your openness uh, and, and willingness to dialogue. And so if anything, the, the first thing I want is my, my prayer is that people grow spiritually, not just intellectually. I want them to grow intellectually, but that they grow spiritually in their walk with the Lord, that there's intimacy, that they're experiencing something deeper in their walk based on maybe the information or even just that we've been praying over this, whatever, you know, whether it's mm -hmm. something that is something tangible, like, Oh, they mentioned this book and I went and read it and it changed my life. Or just that they mm -hmm. watched it and the spirit of God was able to use it. And, it, and they had an encounter because of it. that'd be amazing. Um, but again, my other real hope is that people are willing to just have the conversation. Don't be scared. Like it's mm -hmm. so interesting in Christianity when there's so much freedom in Christ. And yet it's like, I don't want to be a heretic. I'm, right, I don't want right. to be an apostate. And it's yeah. not just Pentecostals. It's all traditions. There's a real fear that if I cross a certain line and ask a question, 
that I'll be chastised. And so mm-hmm. my prayer is that individuals hopefully grew spiritually. Uh, and I know that I have. Thank you, Doc. It's been awesome. Thank you, Tim. And we got to get Tim on. Tim's a wonderful, just what a believer. Absolutely. What a heart for the Lord and people. Yeah. Got to get him. He's our producer, but he really needs to, we'll, we'll make sure next season he's. he's oh, yeah. Us. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but just, just a willingness, because honestly, that's what I needed when I was younger. My parents were incredible about giving me a space to have the conversation. But I don't know if a lot of people in our tradition feel comfortable to ask certain questions. Maybe they mm-hmm. do. Maybe I'm completely wrong. Maybe it was just me. But that's the thing I think is, uh, is something I'm grateful for. And I just pray for our audience. Be safe. And just, God bless you. This is a really hard season. It's a weird moment to start mm-hmm. anything. Mm-hmm. But I'm grateful to you and Tim that we pushed through in spite of some of the technical and yeah. some of the other issues. So thanks, Doc. It's been good, man. Oh, that's good stuff. Well said, buddy. Um, yeah, and I, I would just echo a lot of that and and say, you know, for me, the the, the beauty of this podcast and the thing that, that um, I, th- I think we've tried to achieve and I think we have achieved uh, at some level is 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 to to emphasize the importance of, of conversations about faith. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, there are lots and lots of scholars out there who know truckloads more than I do about this stuff, uh, who, who could wax eloquently on tongues and baptism in the Holy Spirit for weeks on end. Uh, and, um, and, and so I, I am fully aware that I am not a guy with all the answers. Uh, and, and we have a lot of them though. Well, well, I mean, I, 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 I have a few <laughs> answers, I hope. Yeah. But I, you know, I, I think it's really important for people to understand and to appreciate that that understanding what the Bible teaches is is a lifelong journey, and uh, all of us should should who follow Jesus should embark upon that journey, and and stay on that that path for the the rest of our lives because. That's how we grow, and that's how we mature in our faith, and and that's part of what we have wanted to to demonstrate and to to model in in this podcast is is number one we we our hope is that this will be have an ecumenical appeal that that people of non Pentecostal traditions, uh, even anti Pentecostal traditions, uh, might give this a listen and and say hey you know what those guys seem like maybe they're not such awful heretics after all uh and um uh you know we we want we want to invite people on uh on a journey to explore the gifts of the spirit and to explore uh life in the spirit uh and to explore how this has played out in pentecostal theology and history and and help us critique our own movement uh because as insiders we're often blind to to our own shortcomings and and so we need to listen to those those outsiders, and we uh, we hope that we can contribute something to your faith journey as well. So uh, once again, we just want to thank everybody for listening. Thank you for being a part of this podcast. We hope that you rejoin us in September when we relaunch season two, uh, and uh, and that season two will will carry all the way through uh, until May or June of of 2021, and then we'll we'll pause for for that summer and prep for season three but uh thank you all for listening help us get the word out and um we'll we'll see you in september